Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. All right, take your Bibles and open them to the Gospel of John and the third chapter, and let's look at the 16th verse. What do you think? Huh? Does that work for you? John chapter 3, verse 16. I hope that's not too childish for you. John 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world. Now, you know there's a difference between the world and the earth, right? So when the Bible speaks about the world, what is it speaking about in almost every reference? Say it. Who said it? People. 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 So God so loved the world. Now, now you have the world, then you have the earth, right? Now, I know in society they're interchangeable, right? I mean, you talk about, you know, loving the world, people think you're hugging a tree, right? And if you're a tree hugger, God bless you. Just be really careful you don't get splinters, you know? I wouldn't be a tree kisser, you know? Uh, but there's nothing wrong with loving nature. Right? I, I think it's awesome to love. I love getting out and seeing nature. I think it's beautiful. However, when God says he loved the world, he's not talking about loving the earth. He's not talking about loving trees or grass, you know, or mountains, although he created them and he created them with beauty. Isn't that right? And he created, he created them for us to enjoy, you know. But when he talks about loving the world, he's talking about people. So the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's important. That's important. Jesus wasn't his only son. Jesus was his only begotten son. Oh, somebody say amen right there, please. And you'll find out some of these modern translations do not use the word begotten. And my question is, why not? Because they're not the same. Begotten and only is not the same. You know, so his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, say it with me, class, everlasting life. Isn't that a great Bible verse? Does it ever get old? Never. And so, you know this, you know that he speaks here about everlasting life, and other places he speaks about eternal life. Are they one and the same? Maybe, maybe not. It all depends how you look at it. I guess it's maybe the context in which you're using it. But in Scripture, when you look at the word everlasting, it means unending. So God gives to us unending life. It never ends. Isn't that awesome? The part I like best is this. It doesn't mean we live like this forever because that would be trouble. Amen? I hear all the time people getting just a little bit older saying, it ain't no fun getting older. Isn't that right? I mean, it really is true. It's not a joke. I, I thought older people were joking when I was younger. And they would say this, sometimes all you have to do is get out of bed in the morning and, and something hurts, right? And you didn't even know you had it until it started hurting. 
you know? And I thought it was a joke, but guess what? It's, it's no joke. It really isn't. There's sometimes your hair hurts. You know? I mean, it just you get old, your hair hurts. Some of you don't have a problem with that. I, I understand, Barry, but nonetheless. Uh, but when the Bible uses the word eternal, it's not speaking so much about the, the length of life, it's speaking about the quality of life. The quality. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he died to give you and I eternal life, everlasting life. He died to give us life that will never end, but the quality of it, the quality of it is nothing like we've ever experienced. I'm looking forward to it, aren't you? Amen. It's going to be wonderful. So let's read that Bible verse one more time. You ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, life that will never end in a place that you and I will never tire. What a wonderful truth. But I want to speak to us tonight about what is called the legend of the candy cane. The candy cane. There it is. The legend of a candy cane. What's a legend? Huh? We talk about people being legends, right? And when we talk about people being legends, I think the reference there would simply be they've been around for a long time. You know, right? You're not a, you're not a, you know, a one, you know, a one night overnight success. You've been around for a long, he's a legend. You know, we throw around those, that terminology in the sports world, right? And that individual's a legend, or maybe in the music world, entertainment world, they're legends. But in this realm, when you talk about a legend, it's kind of talking about, you know, the history or the story behind something. Isn't that right? And sometimes we're not sure if all the facts really do line up. Did you get that? So I'm going to share with you what is known as the legend of the candy cane, but I'm going to tell you up front, I'm not sure if any of it's true. But it's the legend, and I think we ought to know it, right? So it begins, it begins with looking at a spiritual side of it. You know, the Apostle Paul took a number of missions trips, right? You're aware of that? In fact, uh, Paul went on what we would call mission journeys. A missions trip, we're going to take a missions trip in April, right? We're going to leave here on a Monday, uh, go to uh, the Dominican Republic, and return on a Monday, one week later, right? Paul didn't take mission trips. Paul went on journeys, and his journeys would last for months. And, and part of those journeys, he would, visit, he would visit different cities and different regions. And when he would vi visit those cities, what he'd do is he'd preach the gospel everywhere. He would begin, he would begin in the most, in the most uh, familiar place, right in the synagogue. I mean, he'd go right to the center of town, he'd go right to where the people were, and he began to preach the gospel, you know? And town after town after town, and believe it or not, people responded. No, scores of people, multitudes of people got saved. And, and, and what happened was he would plant churches in those towns, and then he would write letters to those churches, and we have them right here in our Bible, right? You have General Electric Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. G oh, you are terrible with response. Give me an amen up there, Brother Doug. <laughs> Did you see how that works, General Electric Power Company? You heard that before? No, you didn't. Don't you dare try to tell me the preacher Riddell taught you these things. And so just ways of, of remembering Scripture, right? But he wrote those letters in ways to communicate with the churches, 
right? Uh, and it said this. Now, again, it, it, this, is, this part of it's true. Uh, one of those trips, he, he came to a town called Patara. Patara was a seaport town in, in Turkey and, and preached the gospel there. And it said, it said, uh, legend, legend records, legend, you won't find this in the Bible, but legend records that in the town of Patara lived a man, he and his wife, rather wealthy. And he, he led them to the Lord and they got really serious about, they got really serious about uh, serving God. They were, they were, uh, they were well-to-do because they owned, uh, they, we would call it a shipping company, but back then they owned uh, fishing boats, a fleet of fishing boats. And, uh, and through the course of time, you know, life went on. They had a little baby. In fact, they had a little baby boy, and they named that baby boy, anybody know his name? Nicholas. Oh. You're supposed to say, oh, oh, I don't, I don't want to go to the movies or anywhere with these folks because they don't respond, man. Oh, Nicholas. And uh, Nicholas, uh, Nicholas, Nicholas grew, grew to know the Lord and believed to have had the call of God upon his life, in fact, called to ministry. And uh, we don't know a whole lot about his life. There's not much recorded about him. And again, it's all, it's just, it's just myth, it's legend, but uh, his parents died and Nicholas inherited the, the, the family fortune. You know, it was his. Uh, again, we don't read a lot about him, but what they do say is this. this. This is what they say about his life. He suffered for his faith. He was very generous and he worked tirelessly to evangelize children, this Nicholas. Well, of course, like everybody else, Nicholas died. After his death, they set, they, uh, they, uh, they set aside uh, a day to honor his memory, and they labeled that day St. Nicholas Day. Anything coming together for you yet? Yeah, there you go. At least, at least do this. Yeah, let me know you're here, right? St. Nicholas Day. Uh, one of the traditions of that day was to give candy to children. And, um, and in those days, candy was, it was a rare commodity, you know. And so, because he was well-to-do, he made that happen. As time passed, uh, St. Nicholas Day became associated with Christmas. You follow me so far? Well, it doesn't stop there. Legend continues and says this. Uh, centuries later, centuries passed, we're now, we're now in the year 1670. And it said that a choir master... Uh, I don't know if it was, it was Chrissy's relative or not, but a choir master in Germany took the idea of Christmas candy a step further. And what happened was this, uh, this choir master wanted to show his children in the choir uh, how much he cared about them, and he wanted to give them some kind of a candy treat for Christmas. And so he visited a candy store, in fact, a candy maker uh, there in that area uh, looking for some kind of a treat. And all he had in the store was these long white sticks, kind of like a candy stick. You've seen candy sticks, right? Well, these were just all white candy sticks. For some reason, the candy maker and the choir master decided to put a hook on the end of that stick so that it looked like a cane, right? Uh, as years passed after World War I, 
A fellow named Bob McCormick, if you ever do a study on the candy cane, that name always comes up. Bob McCormick wanted to start a candy company, and he did. He founded Bob's Candy Company and uh, developed a way to take that white candy cane, so to speak, and incorporate stripes, those red stripes. And that's what we have today, right? That red striped candy cane that tastes like peppermint, right? But it doesn't stop there. Because when you continue on, the legend says that, and we don't know the name, but an unnamed candy maker in Indiana brought all of these elements together to teach the story of Christ. And again, we have no clue as to whether or not any of that is true. Some of it is factual, but we're not sure of all the details. But I can tell you this, the candy cane serves as a great object lesson when it comes to teaching people about Jesus. It really does. And so what I want us to do tonight is I want to talk a little bit about the candy cane. And I'm going to ask all the young people, come on up here and join me. And it all depends on how young you think you are. You can have hair or not, it doesn't make a difference. Have all the young people, come on, don't be, don't be embarrassed, just come on up here. Mrs. Jazz, you want to grab those candy canes and help me here, please? Come on, just come on up here, and you know what to do, just, just sit on the steps over here, get comfortable for a little bit, join me here. Let me have someone on this side over here. Uh, Walker, uh, Wes, yeah, come on, Wes, take Walker and Jack, come on over this side. Melora, you did a great job singing this morning. Didn't she do a great job this morning? Melora, come on this side. Come over here. David, on this side. Here comes Benny and Rock. Come on over this side. Over this way, guys. Over this side. Yeah, they're, they listen real good. Over this side. That's okay. You guys are good. You comfortable? If you're, now I want everybody to see you. Donna, take that group in the corner and put them over here so everybody can see them. And everybody gets a candy cane, right? You got a candy cane? All right. I, I want us to teach Benny. Benny, look at Pastor. Rock, take Benny over here. There you go. Good. There you go. Good. Now, don't you eat your heart out because on the way out, we'll give you a candy cane as well. I know if I give you one now, you'll be eating it. All right. So, let's take this candy cane, everybody. You ready? Let's take this candy cane. Let's teach, let's teach everybody out there. What this, what this means. How, does, how can this serve as an object lesson to teach others about Jesus Christ? Because people everywhere have candy canes. And then, right, I mean, you see them all over the place. They're pretty popular, right? And now they come in all different colors and flavors and whatnot. But the original, the original does look something like this, right? And if you'll say, uh, can, could you give me that microphone, Mrs. Jazz? Thank you. Green. Thank you, Donna. Wes, would you, is that on? Testing, yeah. Would you tell everybody, would you just describe that for me? Uh, the stripes on there, right, because they can't see. They don't have one. What, are the, what do those stripes look like? Describe the stripes for me, Wes. They look like red. <laughs> Go ahead. What'd you say, bud? Red. Red, but, but are they different? Look at the stripes real careful. Are they different? What are they? Explain it. There's three little ones and then one thick one. Yeah, so there's one, there's one thick red stripe, and then there's three thin red stripes, right? Right? So let's talk about the candy cane for a little bit. Let's talk about the colors, the colors of the candy cane. The base, the base, so 
help me now with this. Let's get, don't say a word. Help me with this. Is this, the base of this candy cane, is it white or is it red? White. David said white. How many of us agree? It's white. So the base is white. And does anybody, now we're teaching this, this is an object lesson about Jesus. So we're trying to teach people how the candy cane could represent Jesus. And the, the base, the big part, is white. And that white, that white represents, any idea? Uh, quiet out there. <laughs> Who sent that? The white represents his body. His body. Mm. Now, now, Rock, you're getting ahead of the story. Where's your dad at? Bubby, where are you at? You're back there. What's the white represent? Huh? You don't know? All right, help us out with the white. I'm looking at those guys up there. There you go. White for purity. For purity. Now, now think about this, guys. We're talking about Jesus here, right? And you know the Bible says this about Jesus. He was absolutely, positively without sin. He never sinned. Could you imagine that? Huh? Who's the oldest one in this group right here? Uh, Hope, how old are you? 10? 11. 11. Anybody beat 11? 11. Right, James? James, have you ever sinned? Yes. Yeah. He's only 11 and he sinned. Jesus lived on earth for 33 and a little bit years and never one time sinned. Could you imagine that? Huh? Melora, how old are you? Eight. Have you ever sinned? Yes? That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Yes. Ask Pastor, have I ever sinned? I'm not asking you. You got, Wes, you think I've ever sinned? Yeah, I have. Yeah. You know why? I needed the Savior just like you, right? But here's what the Bible says. Would you flip that Bible verse, please? Hebrews chapter number 7. Look at this Bible verse. For such a high priest, and this is speaking about Jesus, what's the next two words? Became us. That's what Christmas is all about. Right? Jesus became us, right? In that what we believe, Jesus was born of a virgin. He was 100% God and 100% man at the same time. He became us, but then it says this, who is holy, harmless, undefiled. Read the next part. Separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens. Jesus, our Savior, 100% pure, sinless. Could you imagine having someone hit you and not even having a desire to hit him back? I didn't say hit him back. I said not even having a desire to hit him back. I want to hit people that don't even hit me. Huh? And then, Rocky, you said the red represents what? The blood, right? So you got the red for the blood, right? And whose blood was that? Jesus' blood. And the Bible says that Jesus shed his blood. Did Rocky say that? Jesus shed his blood on the cross of Calvary to pay for what? Our sins. And you know why that is? Because Hebrews, again, Hebrews chapter number 9, flip that, verse number 2 says, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood there be no remission of sin. There'd be no forgiveness of sin without shedding of blood. So you know what that means, Wes? That means this. They could not have suffered. They could not have smothered Jesus. When Jesus died, they couldn't have suffocated them. They couldn't have come into his bedroom and put a pillow over his head and killed him. It, would have, it wouldn't have been good. 
It wouldn't have worked. They couldn't have uh, taken him and thrown him off a cliff, you know, and maybe he lands in the water and drowns. It wouldn't have worked. He had to shed his blood. You know why? Because the highest payment that you can make to pay for sin would be your own life, which is your blood. But Jesus instead shed his blood for us. Isn't that wonderful? And so, when we're talking about the candy cane, it's red and white. The white stands for, say with me, purity. Purity. One more time. The white stands for purity, and the red stands for blood. Right? But then, then you got the stripes. Right? You got the stripes. So, let's talk a little bit about the stripes. The original, now today, of course, you can get candy canes with all kinds of colors and whatnot, but the original, the original had one thick red stripe, and this one does. Good job selecting these, Brother Tyler. And three, it has three small uh, red stripes, thin ones, right? Does yours have that? You know, you know what the three represent? Any idea? Three and one, the Trinity, yeah. And so, the stripes represent the Trinity, right? And, and here's what the Bible says. The Bible says we have, we have a God that is, 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 is made up of three persons. Look what it says in 1 John chapter number 5. Look at this text of Scripture. Flip it, guys. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word. You see the Word capitalized? That's speaking of who? Jesus, the second person of the Godhead. There's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy, uh, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. And these three are? One. One. Isn't that wonderful? And so when you look at the stripes, we see the fact that it talks about, you know, the Trinity, but it also speaks about the stripes that Jesus Christ bore on the cross at Calvary, right? Flip that if you would, guys. You see the scars. And you know what Isaiah said? Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah said this. Look at this Bible verse, everybody. He said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Right? So now, when we begin to witness this Christmas and use the, the candy cane, we can begin to say, hey, you know what this candy cane represents? Well, the colors speak about Christ's purity. The, 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 the white speaks about his purity. The red speaks about his blood. And the stripes speak about the fact that our God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and Jesus, our Savior, was beaten and wounded for us. In fact, you know how many times they took the whip and lashed him? Any idea how many times he got whipped with that whip? Any idea? How many times? 39. 39 times they beat Jesus with that whip. They lashed it across his back, and that was for us. And then finally, finally you have the shape. Right? Hold up your candy cane. Because I don't know if they've ever seen one before. Show it to them. Go ahead. You see that, Benny, right? So you see the shape of it? The shape is, again, I don't know why they made it into a cane, but what we do is we use it as a lesson, right? And, and the first thing would be this. It, it reminds us of the shepherd's cane, right? So a shepherd would have what, it, what would be called a, a cane or a staff. And you know, Isaiah said, all we, like sheep, have gone astray, Right? We led everyone his own way, but the Lord has, of course, you know, laid on him the chastisement of it all, of us all. And so it talks about the shepherd's staff, and our Savior Jesus is a great shepherd, right? But also, you know what they use a cane for? Some people use a cane to walk, right? Did you ever see people walk like this? Huh? We have a few people in our church walk like this. Did you ever see Brother Tyler walk like this in the morning? Walks like this? And you know what you do with a cane? 
it's for, you, you put, you know, you put your weight on, you depend on it. Correct? And so sometimes what we do here, we look at Jesus and we, we come to understand that we can depend on him. Right? He's our savior and we can certainly depend on him. Right? But can I tell you the greatest portion or the greatest lesson of this candy cane is this. If you turn it upside down, it's the letter, what? Letter J. See that? Turn yours upside down and hold it up and show everybody the letter J. And you know what that stands for? What does it stand for? It stands for Jesus. Go ahead, guys, flip it. It stands for Jesus. Right? Isn't that great? You know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? Huh? And so if you have Jesus as your Savior, you know where you're going to go when you die? Where are you going to go? To heaven. So you know what we can do this year, class? Here's what we can do. We can take the candy cane, and maybe as you wrap your gifts, or we don't wrap them anymore, we buy bags, right? So when you, when you, when you get your bag and you put your gift in your bag, put a candy cane on it. You know, just a little. And, then, and then when you get around your family members or friends or office parties and say, hey, you know what? My pastor shared with us the other day the legend of the candy cane. And it was so neat. And you can pretend like you never heard it before. And, and make it your own and just say, you know, let me tell you what he said about this candy cane. And it's a great witnessing tool. Isn't that right? Huh? Great witnessing tool. And I hope this upcoming Christmas that we can be the light of the world. Uh, Brother James said this to me the other day, or uh, this morning. I preached a little bit this morning about out of darkness into the light. And James says, told me this the other night. He said, Pastor, I have flashlights all over my house. And he said, just the other night, he said, I was in my bedroom. It was dark. I dropped something. I can find it. And he said, I got this, 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 this small, just this little flashlight in my room, and I took just that little flashlight, that little light, and I turned it on, and he said it became a huge resource for me to help me find what I was looking for. And the idea, the object lesson was, all you have, just a little light, just shine, just a little light in a dark room can illuminate in a big way, right? So let's be just a little light this Christmas season. What do you think? Amen? Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.